Hey, everyone, and welcome to the NCC More podcast. Uh, time we just take to set aside and add a little bit more value, uh, continue the conversation that we started on Sunday. And, and right now we're in the middle of this series called Friend of Sinners, and we're actually reading through the book Friend of Sinners by Rich Wilkerson Jr. Our whole community yeah. is. All of our groups are going through it. And so if you don't have a copy of this, uh, we, we have copies here. You can get one on Sunday. Uh, and you don't want to miss out because we're elaborating on the concepts and the ideas that are in this book. And uh, it, it's been life-changing, hasn't Absolutely. it, Pastor Philip? Absolutely. There's, I mean, there's no question. You know, we've sold almost 200 copies of the book. Other people have ordered on Amazon. So many people are reading through this book. And it is truly uh, uh a book that's really going to challenge you in so many areas. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, whether you just uh, began a journey with Jesus or you've been walking with Jesus for a long time, you need to read this book because it will really, really help you. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, but we're going to talk a little bit more about what we talked about on Sunday, uh, which the title of Sunday's talk was I Got You. I Got You. And, uh, man, it was so, so powerful. It was so good. And um, we talked about the difference between the Old Covenant mm. and the New Covenant covenant. And uh, someone who may have maybe maybe didn't grow up in church, yeah. maybe didn't grow up in in, in, a, in a Christian culture, uh, uh, you know, a Jesus following culture. Maybe they didn't know that you know our Bible that we have is yeah. really divided into what's called two covenants, or yeah. the word there is testaments. You mind kind of elaborating on that just to give us some context? Yeah, into this? yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that uh, you know whenever you open up your Bible, uh, the first thirty nine chapters uh, or books of your Bible, rather are in the Old Testament, which that word testament actually means covenant. So it's the old covenant. It's the the covenant that God had with his people, Israel. And then whenever you get into the second part of your Bible, the last 27 books of the Bible are actually your New Testament, which means new covenant. And, uh, and, and if you say, well, what happened in between the old and the new, that's when Jesus comes onto the scene. Right. And right. Uh, it, 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 the New Testament starts with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John which we call the Gospels, the four Gospels. And it is the story of Jesus living his life here on the earth. And so that is where the Bible transitions into the New Testament because Jesus came to establish the new covenant, not with the uh, not with the blood of animals anymore, but the blood of God's one and only son. He shed his blood as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. So now we live under that, that new covenant, that new promise, promise. Uh, and uh, so that's kind of where we were on right. Sunday. And with the two different covenants, there's two different mentalities that are attached, two different perspectives yeah. uh, of God, how we relate to God, how God relates to us. Yeah. And, and a lot of times we can kind of mix those two. Yeah. And we kind of talked about that Sunday. And, and one of the old covenant mentalities that you mentioned and you talked about was we we act our way into access mm. uh, with God. Yeah. And uh, I, I want to talk about that. Do, do we still wrestle with that today? Oh, I, I think, you know, definitely. Uh, you know, whenever you're really talking about, um, you know, the 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 old covenant Jesus came to bring that new covenant but you can still be in the the time period or the 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 era mm. of the of the new covenant but still living with that uh, as you said that old covenant mentality uh, and that old covenant perspective uh, and and yeah and so I think it is something that we have to fight because there is that temptation I, I think it's part of human nature you know I think it's uh, and even like just 
um, growing up in American culture, right? It's like you, yeah. you get what you deserve. Mm-hmm. Like, did you earn that? Like, do, do you have the, the merit to uh, achieve that? Like, you right. know, and I think that that's how we are wired. And so I feel like that that, that bleeds over, you know, uh, our American society bleeds over into our kingdom mentality. Wow. And so I wow. feel like I have to work for something, to earn something, to deserve something. But that is the way life was in the old covenant. Mm-hmm. And Jesus came to establish a brand new covenant where it wasn't about bringing a sacrifice, but it was about believing in a sacrifice. Yeah. Believing yeah. that he was our sacrifice. And so, um, you know, that that old mentality of, of, I think what you just said there was that, you know, you act your way into access. Mm-hmm. That I have to act act a certain way to access God's favor, to access God's forgiveness, to access God's goodness, God's grace, his mm-hmm. kindness. I've got to act my way into the access of those things. Um, whereas uh, the the new covenant, Jesus came to, to, to flip that around, to right. switch that, that I, I don't have to act my way. I believe in Jesus. And as I believe in him uh, and believe in that new covenant, begin to live in that new covenant, then all of a sudden my actions will begin to change but it didn't it didn't start with me acting right to get access wow. i got wow. access through jesus and that access began to change my actions so right. it totally reverses it yeah yeah it kind of flips the script a little bit yep. but so someone who's living in that mentality you said you can be yep. living in the new covenant era yeah but with an old covenant mentality with mm-hmm. old covenant actions with old covenant perspective you know, is is it is it really that bad to say, you know, I earned this or I earned that? Like where why do we need to shift mentalities? Yeah, well, I think if if you stay with that mentality, you can't help but become judgmental. Mm. There's no way around it. If I if I live in that Old Testament, it, it requires me to be a judge because mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking for the error, I'm looking for the fault, I'm looking for these things. And you know, like like we say all the time, is that if if you get into that game of being a judge, uh, that really means you're 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 doing two things. That means that you're going to be superior to some. And, and you're going to be inferior to others. Mm-hmm. You can't have a superiority complex without having an inferiority complex yeah. and, the, and vice versa. And so if I get into that judgmental, that, that, that really that, that Old Testament mentality where I'm, I'm judging you by your works, mm-hmm. by your deeds, I'm really judging you by, or even myself, I'm judging myself off of my performance. Mm-hmm. Did I pray this week? Did I read my Bible this week? Did I, you know, did I do what I need to do this week? And it's like, and then I come to church on Sunday feeling like God's going to feel different about me based on how it is. Hmm. That's an Old Testament mentality. Wow. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm depending on my good deeds and my work, my actions for me to have a great worship time on Sunday. Right. Um, and, uh, and so I feel like we can, we can get, we can get stuck in that and then we become judgmental. But whenever you look in the new covenant, God come to it. God comes to establish grace, so that we can live in grace, so that I can have grace for myself, and I can have grace for you. Because mm-hmm. I don't have to judge you. Mm-hmm. I don't have to determine am I better than you or am I worse than you. I don't have to. I don't have to buy into that because I'm living in this this new covenant that says. I, I live in grace, and so therefore I can have grace for you, for your failures, for your mistakes, mm-hmm. and I can have grace for myself because you're 
you're you're further along the journey than me. Yeah. I can't just be living, oh man, you know, I, I can't be judging myself off of that. I have grace for myself that yeah. that one day I can I can be you. Mm-hmm. One day I can I can I can climb the mountaintop to where you live. You know, but 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 I think that that's that's what that's how we have to live. Mm-hmm. You know, we have mm-hmm. to live in that attitude and mentality of grace. Yeah, and so you you mentioned there for a second, you know, our uh, that mentality also it's it's how we view God and how we view how God views us. Yes. Like if I if I didn't read my Bible this week or if I didn't pray this week, then I I'm not going to feel God's presence, you know, on Sunday morning or you know uh, he, whatever. Yep. Uh, why why is that so important for us to have a right perspective about how God views us in the new covenant versus this old covenant mentality? Yeah. Well, I think that you know when you when you begin to read the new covenant, it's based on relationship, right? And yeah. so I think the perfect way to, for us to understand this is in the relationships that I have. You know, J- Jesus said, if you being a good father know how to give good gifts to your children, mm-hmm. how much more the father in heaven, right? right? Right. And so I think, I mean, I am I am patient with my children. I am kind to my children. I, I, don't, I don't determine whether my kid gets to eat breakfast in the morning if they clean their room perfectly the day before, right? You know, like, I, I mean, I, they're going to get food. Right. They're going to get shelter. They're not sleeping outside tonight mm-hmm. because they disobeyed their mom, right? It's not It's not going to happen. Why? Because we have a relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and out of that relationship come, comes this 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 grace that we have for one another because it's really built on relationship. It's not built on their performance. Yeah. So I think that whenever you take that, and we understand that when it comes to parent and child relationship, we even even relationship between friends, we understand this. But somehow when we translate this into spiritual relationship with God, yeah, it's like no, he's he expects me to be perfect, you know. And that's why I, I love the tagline of Rich's book: Why Jesus cares more about relationship than perfection. Yeah. I mean, that sums it all up. Yeah. God is about being in relationship. Mm-hmm. I didn't enter into relationship with Destiny thinking that she was never going to make a mistake. Right. Right. I entered I entered into a covenant relationship with her understanding that she was going to make some mistakes. I mean, she was going to almost set our house on fire one day when she was cooking. I mean, I, I just knew this was coming and, and it came to pass. And, you know, and, and I knew it. But 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 it's not like, oh, wow, you almost burned our house down. Now I'm going to put you in the corner and I'm going to judge right. you. No, that's not why. Because we have relationship. We have love. We have grace. And God is way better than us. Right. 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 I mean, and so if we have the capacity for that. Mm hmm. How much more does God have the capacity for that? Yeah. And so I think that that's, it's all birthed out of that relationship. Yeah. yeah. And you said something real powerful there, liking it to your kids. You know, I'm sure if 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 Carolina messes up, she's not in fear of being kicked out of the family. Right. Yes, she knows there's going to be some correction coming. Yeah. There's going to be some discipline coming. Of course. But she's not in fear of getting kicked out of the family. And yep. I feel like sometimes, a lot of times, whenever people mess up with God, they're in fear like, oh, God's kicked me out. Yep. You know, oh, I got to work my way back into God's good graces. Yep. He's, 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 he's uh, accepting towards us. Absolutely. You know, you know it was so funny because the, the, uh, a few weeks ago, I told Carolina, I was like, you know, I might just make you sleep outside tonight, you know? And, and, and she looked at me and she said, ha, Dad. You would never do that. How confident she was that there's no chance 
I would ever make her sleep outside. But that's the confidence that we need to have in God. Yeah. That God's never going to kick us out. That he's never going to make us sleep outside. That we're never going uh, going to have to endure something like that. Mm-hmm. She was like, Dad, come on. Like, who are you kidding? That's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. But like you said, so many times we do feel like that's going to happen. Yeah. And when you when you live like that, that's a, that's a miserable way to live. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live that way. I want to believe that God's always going to have a seat for me at the table. That whenever whenever I mess up most is when God loves me the most. Mm. Now, whenever I screw it up, the the grandest is when his love is the most lavished. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the way I want to believe about about God and about our, our father mm-hmm. and about relationship because I know when it comes to my children, that's the way I'm I'm going to be. Yeah. Right? I mean, and when I say, "Hey, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this," and they do it and they fall and they skin their knee and they're sitting there crying, I'm not in that moment going to come out and teach the lesson and give the discipline when their knee is gashed open and they're bleeding. No, in that moment, I pick them up. I love them. I care for them. I just believe that God's so much better at that than I am. Mm -hmm. And if I have the capacity, how much more capacity Mm -hmm. does God have to love us greatly in our moments of of our greatest failure and disappointment? That is incredible. That is so good. Um, So we talked about you know, the, the mentality difference, but I want to talk, what does it look like living under the old covenant Mm. in this era of the new covenant? Like how, how can I recognize, Oh, that's, that's something that is an old covenant way of living. I I need, I need to shift that. Yeah. Well, I think it it comes down to a lot of things that we've already talked about. Like, do I feel like I have to do something to get God's approval? Hmm. Because I feel like God's going to approve of me if I have a good week this week, mm-hmm. right? I mean, if I just read my Bible, don't curse out people in my mind. Like if I, you know, I mean, like if I if yeah. I just have a good week this week, you know, I, I I gave in the offering on Sunday, right? I mean, I'm just, if I have a good week this week, then God's going to be so proud of me and God's going to approve of me. Mm. If that's what I believe, then the opposite is also true. Yeah. If I did not give in the offering, and if I did not read my Bible, and if I did cuss that guy out, in whether it came out of my mouth or in my mind, who cut me off on airline drive, if yeah. I did that, then that means God does not approve of me now. Mm. If he approved of me because of that, then he's not going to approve of me if I, if I did. Yeah. And so it's like, so so I think that, that is, that's one of the easiest ways is to say, am I? Am I working for God's approval and acceptance? Mm-hmm. Or am I like Carolina Lee? Like, ah, dad, you're never going <laughs> to, you never going to kick me out. Like, dad, you're never going to do that, you know? And I think it's important for us to also say that, yeah, there is consequences. You know, I was talking to somebody on, on Sunday and, uh, you know, and, and they were, they, we were just having this conversation and they were asking some really good questions. And I just said, well, we, we can't, Let's take it to Carolina Lee. Let's let's take it. Let's take this for example. I'm never going to stop loving her. Mm-hmm. Now, it, she can she could pull out a gun and shoot somebody. She's going to have a consequence. She's going to go to jail. Yeah, my love for her is never going to change. My my desire to be in relationship with her it's never going to change. I am going to love her no matter where she is. But there is a consequence to her actions. Mm-hmm. It's the same way whether we're talking in the the, the the natural world 
or we're talking in the spiritual world, there are consequences that God that God set up. Mm-hmm. And so we we do have to understand you can't say my actions don't matter. Yeah. No, they do. Mm-hmm. It's just they don't they don't determine whether God loves you and accepts you. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and so I think that people get that twisted and they say, well, either, you know, all my actions don't matter. That thing is what Paul talks about in the book of Romans. Yeah. You read the book of Romans. This is the debate. This is, you know, like, it's like, it's all grace. So my actions don't matter. And he's like, well, no, let's don't go that far. Your actions, they, they do matter. They do yeah. have consequences. However, we can't live on our actions to get God's approval because we don't get God's approval through what we earn. We get God's approval through faith. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like this, this, this balancing act, right? Yeah. If our actions do matter, but they don't matter for what we think they matter for when it comes to God's love and approval. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. That's so good. What, you know, the the whole concept is, you know, no matter what, in this new covenant, God's got you. Yeah. You know, he's that was, that was the title of the sermon. Yeah. What do you do when you feel like God doesn't have you? What do you do whenever it looks like in your life? Just yeah. naturally, you look at the circumstances around. It looks like yep. God doesn't have you. Well, I think you said the key word a second ago when you said when it feels like. Mm-hmm. The Probably the greatest truth you could ever know is that your feelings will lie to you. Mm. Yeah. That's where it starts. My feelings lie to me, you know. And if I think that I see everything the way that it that it really is, I'm a fool. Yeah. Because I'm never going to see it the way that it always is every time. Mm-hmm. And so I think you you go you go to the takeaways that we kind of walked away with on, you know, on Sunday. And when you when you when you go to those to, to those takeaways, um, you know, we talked about that that God sees me when I can't even see him. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a truth. That's a truth. God sees me. I, I live with that truth. So when I feel like God doesn't see me because he's not doing anything for me, I realize, wait a minute, God sees me. Wait, we said he's not doing, he does, it feels like he's not doing anything for me, but we say that he made a move for us before we made a move to him. Mm-hmm. That's fact. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. He proved that in the very beginning. Right. He went right. to the cross. He died while we were still sinners. He got up out of the grave before we ever got here. God has already made a move. God, God is an initiator. Mm-hmm. It's throughout the Bible. God is the initiator. He is the mover. Before we can even move into position, he's already made the position. Right, right? right. And so those are facts. Those are truths. So we cannot find ourselves trapped by what I feel. Mm. It doesn't look like. It doesn't seem like, right? I know that he sees me. I know that he's already made a move for me. And I know that he is faithful, Mm. even when I'm unfaithful. Mm. Whenever you take those three takeaways. Yeah. I realize my feelings going to lie to me. What it looks like is not always what it is. This is what I'm basing my life on, on these truths. And I can live confidently in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I think that whenever you come to that place of like, and and that's why I gave the takeaways, because you can't just say, you can't just say, God's got me. Woo, God's got me. God's got me. God's got me. If you don't have some meat on the bone, one day you're going to say, God's got me. And you're going to be like, no, we don't. <laughs> you <laughs> right, know? Right. And that's why you can't just have this, this, you know, optimistic, God's got me with, without the meat on the bone that says, wait, why, why am I saying that? Oh, yeah. Because God moves. Yeah. Where do you get that meat on the bone? Like, where does that come from? Where, where, do, where do we transition from just pure optimism yeah. to actual 
this is a reality for me. Yeah, I think it, it starts with what you base your faith on. You know, if you have decided to be a Christ follower, mm-hmm. then you don't have a choice but to say, God's got me. Yeah. It's the story of Genesis to Revelation. Yeah. God's got you for eternity. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of hard to argue with that. Yeah. You, you know, right, it right. might not feel like it. You know, I mean, we could go all the way through the Bible and we could look at the, the characters of the Bible and say they probably felt like God didn't have them. Right. Right. But we know that God had them mm-hmm. at the end of the story. Well, that that is the that is the that is the message of the Bible. Right. That God's got us. And so if I am a Christ follower, that's where I'll start. Now, if I'm not a Christ, if I'm not a Christ follower, if I've decided that God's word is truth. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, then we got to have a different conversation. But for those who have decided, I'm going to follow Jesus, Mm -hmm. there's nothing. Right, right. Wow. Yeah, that's that's big. One thing I want to talk about, that last takeaway real quick, which was God remains faithful even when we don't remain faithful. Why does God remain faithful when we don't remain faithful? Because, you know, that's it's human nature whenever— you have a friend that stabs you in the back. When yep. you have a family member that's, you know, talking bad about you at the reunion, it's that human nature to say, yep. oh, no, I'm, I'm done with them, yep. kicking them to the curb. I'm done with them. Why is God different? Why does God remain faithful to us even whenever we're unfaithful? You know, I would love to be able to answer that question. It doesn't make any sense to me. I read in the Bible and I'm like, why is God that good? I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea how God could be that good. I I, I don't. I have no idea how God could be so good to somebody like me. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's the, you know, the Bible talks about the mystery. Like mm-hmm. I think that's the mis- That's the mystery of it all. Mm-hmm. Is how could God be so good to give His only Son mm-hmm. for somebody like me? Yeah. I, that I can't explain that. I I get, there's nothing. I, I I don't have a clue, but I but I believe it to be true, mm-hmm. and uh, and so and, and I think that you know uh, you know I, I love to say that um, uh, you know that our our uh, our faith it's not a blind faith because our faith has a history right mm-hmm. so our faith has a history in that you know people before us have experienced this people around us have experienced this the word of God speaks to this right mm-hmm. so so our our faith our belief this it has a history it's not it's not just blind faith yeah. no there's a history to our faith but is there an explanation to his goodness i Maybe there be, is going to be going to be hard hard yeah. for me to ever explain how somebody could be that good to somebody like me. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, you start quoting scripture and God is love, and you know, right? Yeah, I mean, yes, all those things. But really, let's break it down. Really, just me, you talking? Yeah. Why is God so good? I have no idea. And I, I think that, but that's the mystery of it all. How can God love people like us and be so kind to people like us? But then that's also the story of the gospel because yeah. Scripture says it's His kindness that leads us to repentance. It leads us to change. It leads yeah. us to, to to this life decision of I'm going to follow Jesus. Absolutely, it's that it's that goodness. It's not His judgment. It's not His anger. That's it's right. not this condemnation or conviction. It's nope. His kindness. Absolutely, it's His goodness. And, that and when you look at you know grace, grace is the, is the unmerited favor of God. Like, mm-hmm. You don't deserve it. You can't earn it. It is unmerited. 
Yeah. But God chooses to give it. Why does God choose to give it? I, I mean, we could get into conversation about how he wants relationship. But, what, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I'm lost at a real explanation. Mm-hmm. Why does Why is God so good? Because that's who he is. Why is he that way? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I, but I'm grateful for it. Yes, yes, man, that's good, that's good. Well, thank you so much. Hey, and don't forget, we want you to join us on this conversation, on this journey, uh, and you got to get in the room. Sundays, nine thirty and eleven fifteen. Pick up a copy of the book, get plugged into a group, and and just dive in on this conversation as we continue throughout the rest yep. of the summer, the rest of July, um, on this topic, friend of sinners. We'll see you Sunday.